Just me today, a little solo dispatch of the kind that I probably at the beginning of this podcast said that I would never resort to. But, you know, hey, desperate times, right? I'm talking about COVID-19 today. That's the disease caused by the coronavirus. Everyone's talking coronavirus. It's all anybody wants to talk about right now. Although I guess um, given the choice between that and the other dominant conversation right now of which withering old carcass will likely be elected the next president of the United States, I guess a once in a century pandemic is at least a little exciting and new, it seems. Although uh, thinking about the idea of a weekend at Bernie's style situation in the White House, it's kind of entertaining, I guess, in a macabre sort of way. But I digress. We are talking about this coronavirus thing today because, let's face it, something you are probably planning on going to in the coming days or weeks has been canceled. Health officials at the municipal or even state and provincial levels are implementing bans on public gatherings of more than 500, more than 250, down to, you know, more than 100 people. So hey, when you put it that way, maybe most local bans can keep on keeping on, but it's probably not a good idea. So I want to talk about those cancellations and the impacts that they have on musicians. And obviously, this is not to turn musicians into the most tragic victims of the day, because they're probably, you know, not even in the top 100 most at-risk communities. And I shouldn't even have to stipulate this, but it's important to note that you should worry first and foremost about your parents, grandparents, great-aunts, great-uncles, anyone with pre-existing conditions or the health workers in your life. Because in all likelihood, if everyone's cautious and does their part to limit the spread, the worst of it can be mitigated at least, and punk bands can return to playing to a few dozen disinterested weirdos sooner than later. Now, on the surface, usually when a tour falls through, obviously it sucks and people are bummed out on both the performer and the showgoer sides of the equation, but there are upsides, there are silver linings. Typically, if you're in a band and your tour falls through, often you can say, well, at least I'll you know go back to work and now I won't lose out on a week or two weeks, three weeks pay. Uh, you know, I'll, let me circle back to that part later, but... um. You know, maybe your band will lose some band income that you would have made touring. Like you may not sell any of the merch that you paid to have printed or the records that you had pressed or whatever. So there's where you get your first glimpse of the ripple effect that this has. One band canceling a show or a sequence of tour dates is one thing, but an entire community of touring artists having to forego their itineraries can seriously mess up supply chains. A friend wrote in Michael Stello of ML Screen Printing out of Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. He said his business is basically 90% either bands or businesses who go to conventions and conferences, which if you haven't been paying attention, those have also largely been canceled in the coming weeks. The figure that he mentioned was potentially losing out on up to $100,000 of revenue in the matter of a couple days. And I know for band people, imagining $100,000 is like a regular person trying to imagine a trillion. But if you can, try to picture it. If that's what a business's typical cash flow is like, imagine if enforcement of social distancing or curfews is extrapolated out to a month, two months, or as long as it takes to isolate and end the community spread of COVID-19. Another friend wrote in, Matt Howard. He's a photographer and videographer. And his bread and butter is going out and touring with bands, taking pictures and filming. Uh, my own band, Aviator, gave him sort of his start when we took him out on a full U.S. run back in 2015. And now he's carved out a nice little gig for himself 
going out on the road for artists like Palisades and Don Broco, Ann Arbor, and that's his full-time job. He was just on tour with I the Mighty, and he wrote in to say, Everything is shut down. I was sent home last night. Local venue staff are out of work. Live Nation employees are out. Everyone I know is unemployed. He said he hasn't got any upcoming gigs locked in for the foreseeable future, and he's not expecting to for up to six months. Now, back to the musician's perspective, in addition to the monetary effects I've mentioned, you also lose out on momentum, which is more abstract, but I feel like I've brought it up once per episode, unless maybe I've cut a bunch of them out of the final edit, but who knows? The basic idea being that you can't simply press pause on your career and then expect to pick up right where you left off whenever you're ready again. There's this unquantifiable variable or like a set of variables that means that a tour scheduled for March or April might not be quite as fruitful, however you define that, as one of the same length and even the same routing. And, you know, let's say for the sake of apples to apples comparison, even if you had the same venues, that tour wouldn't be the same if it were moved back to July or August. Uh, Friends of the show Caspian have just had to reschedule the East Coast and I think Midwest legs of their first headlining tour supporting their new album, Now, if recency bias is a factor, if novelty is a factor in what motivates people to go out and see a band, that's momentum that Caspian isn't necessarily going to be able to harness again whenever they can go back out. And this can stem from a lot of things, right? It could be that, you know, college towns with transient show-going populations are not there at that time. It could be that people go out and do other things with their free time in the warmer months, It could be that people's jobs have different needs or different schedules in different times of year, and those potential showgoers you had in March may not be able to get to the local dive to see you play on a sweltering Monday night in August, you know? Uh, Speaking of people's jobs, that's, that's the other major factor here. Of course, you know, we know that there are bands out there, musicians out there, whose music is their livelihood, so the cancellation of a tour for them is especially dire. A friend of the show, Leanne Bowes, from episode 13, wrote in, and she was supposed to be heading out soon on a North American tour playing bass for Vagabond. And now that's obviously postponed at the very least. And she really can't expect to just pick up local gigs in L.A. to make up for it, given the climate right now. So for someone who relies on playing an instrument, laying hands on bass as her job, it's about as tough as it gets. But people like Leanne and... And like the folks in Mile 12 from back in episode 5 who have also had to cancel upcoming gigs, people who make money from their music, those are relatively few. The others all depend on day jobs. And those day jobs and the economy at large are being screwed up by this in a big way. You may have seen or heard news reports about these crazy swings on the stock market, these sharpest single-day declines since 2008 and before that in 1987. And that's all bad, but the stock market is obviously not synonymous with the economy as a whole, but the reaction is telling because whole sectors are being disrupted in a way that they haven't and for reasons that they haven't in the past. Now, um, just a a note, anytime I'm talking about this kind of stuff, just to be clear, none of it is my original observation, but I think it's fair to characterize the United States as being uniquely ill-equipped to deal with this kind of public health crisis, both in terms of our Byzantine and draconian healthcare system and its readiness for just such an occasion, but also the fact that we are largely a service-based economy. 
And those types of jobs, uh, bartenders, baristas, busboys, um, others that don't start with B, let me think, uh, Uber drivers, delivery drivers, wait staff, retail associates, cashiers, that's where a lot of the squeeze is being felt. And this is the exact type of, I guess you'd call it an expendable entry-level job that many of your favorite folks and bands might hold when they're not doing music. The wages are low, but the flexibility is high. Benefits are non-existent. There probably aren't even sick days, but there's a high turnover rate. So there will probably be something somewhere sometime if you need to quit a particular one. Perhaps the best prism through which to view the effects of coronavirus and quarantining and social distancing and all this all at once is South by Southwest. As you may have heard, uh, the decision was made to cancel it. Not postpone it, but cancel it outright. And you may be asking, why can't they just reschedule? You know, Coachella has moved back to the fall. The Boston Marathon, for example, is also postponed potentially to the fall. The type of disruption that something like South by Southwest causes to the city of Austin every March is outweighed by its impact on the tourism sector. And above all else, it's, it's come to be expected at this point, right? The amount of coordination it would take with both local businesses and city officials and also all of the vendors and performers coming in from around the world descending upon Austin would be almost insurmountable from a logistical standpoint, which is too bad because, as you probably know, it's like the Black Friday of that city's economy. It hurts everyone. It hurts the staff of local venues that host shows and showcases. It particularly hurts tipped workers at restaurants and bars that feed and satiate attendees. The hospitality workers that put people up, whether it's hotels or Airbnbs or whatever, they're all taking a huge hit from this. Not to mention all the bands that have routed tours specifically to Austin at this time of year to play, such as friend of the show Dylan Hanwright and his band Great Grandpa. They're all subject to the sort of, you know, disappointments and losses that I was talking about earlier. But if they're working those same kinds of service jobs that I also talked about, it's likely that social distancing in their own communities back home have resulted in diminishing work, which means diminishing pay or even potentially layoffs or closures. Maybe you've read the reports of, you know, financial players in Italy temporarily halting mortgage payments out of hardship as a response to their crisis there. And, you know, it's honestly nothing short of a miracle in this country that any cities have put so much as a moratorium just on evictions. So if you think that the United States will <laughs> instruct lenders to suspend mortgage payments and landlords to pause on rent, well, I've got a fucking bridge to sell you, my friend. It's an it's a extremely precarious situation. And none of this None of what I'm talking about factors in the proposition that, you know, what if you're a musician and a service worker and your whole shit's all fucked up? And on top of that, you get the goddamn coronavirus and all the hospitals are full and you can't get tested and every store is out of toilet paper. You know, <laughs> leave it to a leave it to a global pandemic to shatter the facade and lay bare the rot at the core of our neoliberal order. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a music podcast, so I'm going to leave the nuts and bolts, advanced socioeconomic analysis to the experts in that field. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy when this show deals in doom and gloom, but it's a hard time right now for not only the music industry, but any industry that touches it or supports it materially, which is to say all of them. So after all that, hopefully anyway, you're thinking, 
well, what can I do about it? I can't go to shows and support bands that way. Well, the answer is the same as I've always tried to instruct you with this show. If there's art in this world that moves you or that resonates with you or that makes you think, if the people who make that art seem on the level, seem on the up and up, I always urge you to support them. Ask the artists that you love the best way you can help them in light of any cancellations they might be dealing with. If you're able, don't just stream your favorite band's music while you're self-quarantining for weeks on end. Hit up their band camp, hit up their label, purchase a copy for digital download. Order a record, order a tape, order a CD, order some merch. And then, you know, on the non-musical side of things, uh, just for the sake of example, uh, my friend Matt plays in a band called Harbor Lights, and they have just had to cancel a bunch of their upcoming dates. They would have been touring to support their new album that they put out on Death Wish. Uh, DIY touring, I should specify. So all the dates that they worked to book are gone. And now Matt, who works at a restaurant, maybe out of work for a while when the restaurant that he works at closes down temporarily. So, you know, in that regard, this would be a great time to support local businesses that perhaps employ some of your favorite artists, not by patronizing them in person, uh, potentially catching and spreading this insidious disease, but by purchasing gift cards. So they get the revenue now and you can dine there or patronize that business safely when this all blows over. I will say do not be like Reverend Horton Heat, who I will officially declare to not be a friend of the show, who are making these whiny posts online about their freedom to rock and roll and completely misconstruing the right to assembly guaranteed by the First Amendment. So, man, if, you're, if your band and your crew have mouths to feed, I empathize with that. But when you got to bring up the Constitution in this moment, it's not a good look, my dudes. But that's all I've got. I just kind of wanted to go off for a while about this because as it is affecting all things, the coronavirus is affecting the thing that I like to talk about and think about as well. So hopefully you found this enlightening. But, you know, maybe it's just me saying a bunch of what you already know to be true. But you know what? You should be stuck at home right now, desperate for any on-demand content you can get. So you're welcome, basically. Uh, I do have more new selling out episodes coming soon. I'm excited about them. I'll try to turn those around more quickly than I normally would. Who knows? I might be sent home from work soon myself. So we'll see. Anyway, if you like what you hear, uh, as always, tell a friend. Spend some money if you've got it. Don't hoard any toilet paper, okay? Just be smart. Stay safe. Hope you and yours are doing well. Take care. Talk to you next time. Bye.